0: Why work from home when your office could be Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. MidAmerica RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheelers, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from MidAmerica RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MinAmericaRV.com. Hello.
1: Hello. It's hard to do an ad read when is like pulling the equipment off the desk. The
0: cord
2: yeah. got caught on my laptop. I can't even... It still is. It's still <laughs> caught. It's still there.
0: It's still crazy. This is what happens when you're live from Mobile.
2: It On oh, day four. Day four. Live day tired.
0: Day tired. Only second podcast from here, but you guys have been super busy with radio, um, discussing lots of things, but... First things first, got to get to Deshaun Watson. That's the most important, biggest storyline coming out of the NFL right now. Um, I, official, now that he's requested a trade out of Texas, doesn't matter about the head coach hire. Doesn't want to hear anything. Apparently, it happened weeks ago, but now it's officially official. Where's it going?
1: So this is something that uh, Mello, uh knows that I was told Friday night mm-hmm. that it was official that he requested the trade, and I was told not to not to say say it. anything. Don't. It's like, and I'm not Adam Schefter. It's not my job <laughs> to tweet that out. You are right. I'm not. Um, so not surprised. In fact, we had a good laugh uh, when we woke up Thursday morning. It was like, oh, it's official now, because it's like we've known uh, for a week almost that it that it had happened. Um, but again, sometimes in this business, you get news and it's not your job to share that news. You know, so it's like, OK, well, I'm going to wait because like, what does it benefit me to burn that connection by putting that information out there? So um, I still think that it will not be the New York Jets. And I'm not saying that to be a villain. I, I'm not trying to poke yeah. the bear. Anyone who knows me uh, knows my favorite thing in the world other than myself is to be Right. I'm not gonna say things for clicks. It's true. Or for attention.
2: I <laughs> or like, just piss off a fan base. Right.
1: Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. I only like, you know what? And like people can go back and find things where I was wrong. It absolutely happens. Usually, like, this is about an opinion, though. Like, if I've been wrong about a player, I I, I misevaluated. We all miss on a player. It happens. But like when it comes to information, like I don't put things out there unless I'm really confident in that information. Because again, I'm not I'm not a newsbreaker. So if I put something out there. There's a reason for it, and I just I do not think it's
2: the Jets. Or how about this? Let's just connect some dots, and you can figure out why <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be the Jets. Right? It, yeah. Right? And it's, it's nothing against their fan base. Like I have nothing I have great against fan the Jets. I've been getting a lot of crap on Twitter this week as well. Like, why are you and Matt so adamant that it's not the Jets? Well, why do you think that is? Do you think that we're just like, you know what? Woke up today. Fuck the Jets. They don't deserve Deshaun Watson. That wasn't it. I mean, I just want the best for Deshaun Watson. Honestly, same. I just I don't think it's going to be the Jets. It's nothing against
1: the Jets. I do think Miami has the most attractive options, but so this is it's a hard thing, right? Because and I I did a thread hashtag thread uh, about (laughs) this. Obviously, Matty threads, and it was that this is tough because Houston's going to want the best offer. For Deshaun Watson. They're going to want the most assets. That might actually make it to where Deshaun doesn't want to go there, though. He does have that no trade clause. Right. And so they can say the Jets made the best offer. That's where you're going. And he can say no. Well, if he says no, he stays in Houston, right? Or he can say, what's the next best offer? So I think the next step is that the Texans have to allow his agent, David Muligetta to seek a trade. Mm-hmm. They have to allow the agent. We've seen this happen before. The agent has to be allowed to connect those dots to call the Denver Broncos, the San Francisco 49ers, whomever. Uh, the, the Miami Dolphins, he has to be able to call them and say, "Let me help you work on a trade package that is attractive to both Houston and my client." Because this is it's a three-way trade. It's Houston, the team that trades for Deshaun and Deshaun. Yeah. He's a team in this thing. So my my if I had to guess, I still think it's Miami. Mm-hmm. I just think I know they hired Charlie Fry, but I, which is so stupid that people are, are freaking out about that. Um, I still think it's Miami, just because of what they can send back. You know, I think Carolina is intriguing because they have the number eight pick, but what like what else do you send? Yeah, and this is going to take. It's not, you know, Tua and a first. That's not going to get it done. It's going to be multiple firsts and a good player.
2: I think that's one thing that makes a lot of these teams attractive. The Broncos are starting to pick up some steam, uh, offer, being able to offer a high pick this year, a Drew Locke-type quarterback, and then a first-round pick next year. That might be attractive to some of these teams. Maybe they don't want the two first-round picks this year. Maybe they do want you know, another one next year that they could move up. Uh, I'm still leaning Miami as well. But I do think that there could be some sleeper teams out there, like the Broncos or the Panthers. They kind of move in late and say, you know what, this is our best option. We're going to trade here. And with the Texans being in the AFC, we have seen a lot of teams in the past that say, I'm not trading you to the AFC. The Colts are completely out on Deshaun Watson. There's absolutely no way that would happen, right? But, you know, the Broncos might be too because they're an AFC team, which leaves like, your guys' 49ers. I don't think that'll happen. You'll get your quarterback later. Oh, and the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Those are about the only two teams in the NFC that I think would make a move on him.
0: Yeah. I I unfortunately agree with you guys that Miami has the best to offer. Um, but I'm also curious how long this takes. Because I, I feel like this is something both parties would just want to get over with so they can move on and focus on what's next in terms of draft and everything like that and what they're building around. But, I mean... It's not that easy to make this a done deal. Like, I feel like just because he wants out and they are willing to trade him doesn't mean this happens overnight.
1: So, and I think the important part of that is they don't want to trade him. Like, they still don't want to. And the hire of David Coley as the new head coach is not going to fix it because this has nothing to do with the coach. It has to do with Cal McNair and Jack Easterby. They are the problems. You could, there's no one you can hire that's going to solve that problem unless you can somehow fire the owner. Right, then You'd have to sell the team. Right. That's the only way this gets fixed. And so that's not going to happen. People don't just sell NFL teams. So I don't think it gets fixed, but I do think the Texans will try to drag this out. The only problem, really? like you said, Pages, I think they'll try to drag it out hoping that he changes his, his mind. mind. But the only but thing is you have a hard deadline of, what, April 26th, whenever day one of the NFL draft? Yeah. yeah. After then that. you
2: start looking at future picks, like 2022, 2023. One thing, though. Uh, so
1: they've already paid him for 2021 and I, I think 2022 because the guaranteed
2: money. He doesn't need it. Nice. He doesn't need it. And so he could, he could sit, sit out. out yeah. He could threaten. I saw people tweeting about that earlier as well. Like this is not a guy who's strapped for cash. He's been paid. He got his money. So if they just want to play hardball with him and start finding him, oh, well, he's yeah. good. And guess what? His agent is a super agent now. Yeah, he's got some money. I think he could back his player and like help him out a little bit too if he needs to. So I don't think that's going to be a problem either. And, and if you do hold out, if the Texans are stubborn on this thing, then you're just you're digging yourself a deeper hole, which is probably what they end up doing because that's so Texans of them.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I'll, I'll say this last thing on this is just that I appreciate so much that Deshaun is the person doing this because what we know of deshaun watson he's a good person he's not doing this just to like be a diva and be like i'm in i don't want to do this anymore i quit it's like a hey let's make it work i want to figure it out i'm done like that i've seen enough i don't need any more information and like you said like they don't get to choose where they go and so we're seeing we've seen a lot of that in the NBA over the years and m- yep. a lot recently. And now I think we'll see this more and more. And like you guys said, he could sit out like he really could there. I don't think they're willing to take that risk because I would just be stupid to do. Um, but definitely think uh, Deshaun, what we know of him on and off the field is like he's a good person. He's a stand up guy. And I think that's why this situation maybe isn't going to be as hostile as some of the other ones that could potentially happen um, in the NFL. But speaking of quarterbacks. Uh, Matthew Stafford also uh, Parting ways with the Lions Everybody is saying Stafford to the Niners Do we love it? Do we hate it? I personally don't love it Like I'm not Really? It's, I don't I just
2: I'm actually really surprised To hear you say that Really? No yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying it all week actually Because people have been asking And I just And I, it's not that I'm just like Super attached to Jimmy It's the fact that like I think mm-hmm. If we're going to get a guy Like Deshaun I've said it before I'm totally in Like that makes sense to me Because it's a guy that like is still young and still has years ahead of him. Not to say that Matthew Stafford doesn't have years ahead of him, but like it's a rarity to get a guy that goes into the like latter part of his career and Mm -hmm. is super successful in that way somewhere else. So I I don't think it's, I think it's a good fit. I don't think it's the best choice in terms of longevity for the Niners, but that's, that's just where I'm coming from.
1: It is funny because I feel like I'm going to ask about 40 times in four days where Matthew Stafford's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you guys. It seems like Matthew Stafford is a hotter topic in mobile than Deshaun Watson. Yeah.
2: He yeah. He definitely is, has been.
1: I, I don't know if it's good because people think he's more attainable. Like, Oh, my team might actually be able to get Matthew yeah. Stafford, not Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so it's like, it is more people are talking about it. Um, as a Niners fan, I would be ecstatic. Um, I don't think like, is Matthew Stafford a top 10 quarterback? I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. I don't think so. But it, But he's a lot higher than Jimmy,
2: right? And I mean, we're thinking about it. If you ask me, is Jimmy Garoppolo a top 10 quarterback? No. I don't have to think about it. No is the answer. Is Stafford like, ah, maybe. Maybe for 2021, you know, if you take out like Drew
1: Brees and Big Ben and guys, you know, guys who are kind of like legacy top 10s that really aren't playing that well anymore. But I would be excited to be moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. I am with you, Paige. I think of what you're saying of like, this is a short-term fix. Mm-hmm. And uh, my big thing is that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan eventually have to pick their quarterback. And C.J. Bethard wasn't that guy. No, they used the third-round pick on him. <laughs> C.J. Bethard isn't that guy. And so I see it as like, at some point, Kyle has to work with a young quarterback just can't keep going to the veteran market of, oh, well, let's, we'll get Jimmy Garoppolo or, oh, we'll get Matthew Stafford or maybe we'll get Matt Ryan. Like eventually you're going to have to groom a quarterback and I don't know what they're waiting
2: for. Yeah. And with the pick that they have this year, it might be the year to do it. Like you guys know, if they're healthy, they're going to have a damn good team. You're Mm -hmm. probably not drafting this high again for a while. Exactly. With Kyle Shanahan and this defense. So it might make more sense for them to go via the draft. Yeah. But – I am I want to see it because of Matt Stafford. I do want to see him play with good players. And I think the 49ers have a lot of good young receivers. Obviously, they have the second-best tight end in the NFL, so that will help if he's healthy what in that we, run game.
0: What would we have to give up to get Stafford in terms of, like... Twelve. Okay. I think
1: you have to give up
2: the first-round pick. Okay,
0: that's what I was going to say, because I was like, okay, I would be fine if we had, like, Stafford and that, that draft pick, but I don't... I don't know. I think a lot of people are um lowballing kind of what they think we'd have to give up for Stafford in that sense. Like you obviously it makes sense to say twelve, but like I think a lot of people I've heard say, like, Oh, I don't think we need to give that up and we could draft quarterback two, and I just feel like that's a little greedy. But um
1: That doesn't make sense either. You yeah. know, I, I know that that's not your opinion, that's what people are saying. That makes no sense. Like yeah. you don't trade for Matthew Stafford and draft a because he's
2: not forty years old. He's no. not gonna you know, play for two right. years and then yeah. bounce. I mean his contract is He's got two more years on it. Okay, so maybe he does play for two more years, but I don't.
1: You don't give up a he first already, round pick.
2: But he also already said he's not going to groom the future quarterback in Detroit, so he right. wanted out. So I don't think you're bringing him in and being like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, by hey, the way, by the way, here's the guy. Here's draft Jones. Guys. I would,
0: but I would much rather draft a guy. I like. I honestly think we should do it in the draft if if we're going with Niners.
1: I do think that the the risk there, like Melo said, this is a really good roster, and it's a matter of waiting on a rookie to be good enough versus having a veteran who could win right now. And so like for Niners fans, it's a legitimate, legitimate question. Would you rather be really good for the next four years? Or would you rather maybe be really good in four years? You know, like, yeah. And maybe, you know what? Crazy things happen. If Justin Fields is there at 12, you better take him. Like, don't think twice. Take him. If Trey Lance is there at 12, yep. Take him. But it doesn't look like they're going to be Mac Jones. (sighs) I think he's going to (laughs) be, I'm not in love with it. That's too early for with me. Mac. Yeah. I like Mac me. Jones, the the human being. And I think he's had a good week down here. We're gonna talk about like our winners and losers, but um, I don't want Mac Jones at twelve overall. He's not very mobile. And he doesn't have a very strong arm. He's he's good, but I don't see any greatness in Mac Jones.
2: It's hard to find. I I mean we've been talking about him sitting in the bleachers all week. Ass. But <sighs> We'll see. You Chiefs fans, yeah, greatness is hard to find. (laughs) I did. Asshole. Sorry about it. I've been cheering for my team for three years, and they've had a great quarterback every single one of them.
0: Yeah, that's sort of not fair.
1: So, I mean, do I think that the Niners are in on Stafford? Absolutely, but I don't think they're like alone. You know, oh, I know Ian yeah. rap report had a thing that like a third of the league is already called about him. Like this is a good quarterback who is a number one overall pick for mm-hmm. a reason. And he's still pretty young
2: and he's only had like one really injury shortened season recently, at least. Yeah. And when we talk about, you know, Deshaun Watson and what these other teams can give up, like the Colts are going to be a very attractive landing spot for a veteran quarterback. I don't think they want to draft one. And the Broncos, like what have they offered Drew Locke? And, like, a second-round pick for Matt Stafford. Is that going to be enough for Detroit to say, yeah, we'll take a chance there? They're not offering uh, their first-round pick, I don't think. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what John Elway will do. But they're <laughs> well, going to be. Even, is it still him? You know. Yeah. there's gonna. I think there are going to be more teams in play for Matt Stafford than there are for Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson will give, like, the NBA list. Like, yeah. James Harden. Like, these are my three teams. Figure it out. Negotiating a deal you would with James Harden, another Houston guy. Exactly. It's I mean. a bad time to be a Houston sports fan.
0: Remember when that person asked us a couple of weeks ago, like, is it a bad time to be a Houston fan? Like, are uh-huh. Houston fan? I like. I feel that now. I get it. Right now, I get it. Now, now it's yep. the worst place to be, because yep. um, it's actually happening. Like before, I think too, we thought those things were like sort of just like oh players there's rumors. Questions. Yeah, was yeah. rumors. But <laughs> what, whatever. Um, pivoting a little into college football.
2: Pivot.
0: Pivot uh tennessee finally hired head coach ucf josh Hupel. Hupel? Hupel? after
2: Heupel. A, a very long coaching search i'm so glad that they were able to find their guy God. from where the athletic director came from it's such a scam <laughs> you know like yeah oh let's hire a
1: I, that's like i said i've got a new website mel's rocking the hoodie today the draft and i'm gonna start doing uh coaching searches because i'm gonna charge five million dollars and then i'm just gonna have people hire my friends you know it'd be like you too could hire you know <laughs> insert name here i'm a, i don't want to out name my people who i think we're friends and they don't think we are <laughs> uh, you know like you too could have major apple white as your head
2: coach mm-hmm. matt miller search firm what is, I mean, really, what do these search forms even do?
0: Do. I'm so curious. But they're they get paid so like much money.
2: People.
1: Exactly. It's just but like, it's like oh. a background check, I guess. Like I don't know. I well, don't know. and
0: this is for Tennessee, this is a very safe choice. I do think um I'm not I don't hate it. I'm just like not in love with it. I think like he'll do a fine job, but I just don't I feel bad for him because I know how Tennessee fans can be. That fan base oh, is Oh, they're
2: already terrible. Yeah.
0: And so I, I just think It was a strange one because I was like, okay, so after all of that and all of the big names they – I mean, Tennessee's not a bad job. Like, yes, there is stuff that they're going to have to rebuild the entire program because everybody left, but it's not a terrible job. It's just they needed someone who was going to fit the mold of like, okay, high character, they can manage that, and Tennessee fans are just going to have to be patient now, and I don't know that they have that in them to be patient. Which
1: job is better, UCF or Tennessee? I would actually rather be at UCF. I would too. like all, Tennessee
2: is a it's a like a a legacy blue blood, but they lost all their players And like it, I don't know if we can even say that anymore. It was but, that was 20 years right. ago. That't mm. been good for 20 years. And like, yeah, you're in the SEC, so's Vanderbilt. So's Kentucky. and honestly, those are your competitors now. That's where Tennessee they're not competing with Florida or Georgia. Or Mizzou? It's like Arkansas, Vanderbilt, yeah. South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. And that's just the teams that are I don't know conference. though.
0: Because like Arkansas made a really quick turnaround in terms well, of I stuff, s- but I I think, in terms of like you play in the SEC and it's Uh a a bigger school and you probably get paid more. I mean, I don't know in terms of. I say
2: that because what Tennessee's future is like they're going to take a hit on scholarships. The recruits aren't going to want to go there anymore. So, like, who they were last year is not who they're going to be next year.
0: But also, here's the thing is like, as much as we joke about how like college football coaches, like, that's the best job in the country because you usually get paid to not do that job most of the time. Um, I think this is an opportunity where, like, there's almost more job security because, like, they're not going to be able to. This was it. They need to wait it out. And I think the university knows that, and the people that are making decisions know that. Um, yeah,
2: this isn't a two or three year No, deal. this is
0: like a you're going to establish a program and be there for a while. And I think that that's something that's attractive to coaches is doing that. Now, could he have waited a few more years and gotten another job that may be a little bit easier to do? Sure. But um, I do think it is a good job in the sense of hey, it's one of college football's blue Mm -hmm. bloods, like you I mean, when you
2: fill up Rocky Top, it's going to sound good. Yeah. Next year when you can have fans, hopefully. But, I mean, also with Heupel, not a lot of guys probably applying for this job. You know, so I I do think it's kind of a good hire for Tennessee because he came from a good school where he was productive as a coach. And he probably is the best guy that they had apply for this job. I can't believe that, like, that Tony Elliott doesn't want – Like,
1: Tony Elliott would rather stay at Clemson
2: than... (laughs) If I'm Tony Elliott or some of these other guys that we've seen rumored to be, like, ooh, top coaching candidates, like, uh, who is it, Chadwell at, like, Coastal Carolina, like, nope, no thanks. I don't want to go rebuild a program from the ground up. Like, honestly, I know that Bill O'Brien just got hired as the OC. They probably should have hired him. They probably were like, hey, man, I saw what you did at Penn State. Can you come do that at Tennessee? Like, I know you just got hired to be the OC, but... We've seen Cliff Kingsbury dip out of that job before. So that's who they should have hired. That yeah. makes a lot more sense. But also, would you rather be the head coach of Tennessee or the offensive coordinator at Alabama? I might take the Alabama I job. would too. I would, yeah, obviously. It might be more money. It's a hell of a lot more job security. Like you know yeah. you're going to be good. And in two years, you're going to be a head coach. You're going to be the top head coach candidate. Yeah. It's it's smart. Uh, very smart.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, good news for Tennessee is that if they do want somebody, Tate Martell is available again, guys.
2: Again. Transferring
0: again. Not only is he transferring again, but, like, he had the strangest recruitment and is just, I mean, he didn't play this year because he got in trouble and broke whatever and then decided to opt out. Um, Not a big surprise, but, like, what is, like, he's going to be, like, 25. I was going to say, how
2: old is this kid? And What position is he trying to play? Exactly. Because I don't, I don't know if any like major universities are going to be like, yeah, come play quarterback for us. He is yeah. only twenty three now. I mean, but he might have to be receiver or safety. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's his, that's his best projection. He started doing some of that at Miami.
1: Yeah, isn't they it crazy though over. that while not being that good at football, he's played at Ohio
2: State and Miami. Like that's right. It's a pretty good school. And he was
0: committed to Texas A&M. Not such a
2: good. School, maybe that's what you know. Maybe that's where he goes though. With Kellen Mond leaving? So like apparently maybe? UNLV
1: is the favorite, according to
2: 24-7 scores? Well, because
0: he well, he's oh, Vegas oh, from Gorman. Gorman. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's just such a strange, like, transition from... Like, we talk about this all the time, like, with Trevor Lawrence, about how, like, he's not really had adversity. Like, everything has worked out for him in terms of, like, he was the number one recruit. He went to school and was successful. Hasn't really had that much to deal with. Yes, he's lost, but barely. And um now he's going to the nfl gonna be the number one overall pick like it just like seamlessly has gone through like this guy was like highly touted
1: oh he's like just like a yeah he was the guy
0: he was the guy people loved him and then it just like took a very strange windy way to get to this point point. and now it's just like when i saw that he was transferring i literally tweeted i was like lol like i like w- what else can you say like at this point there's so many questions and that's the other thing. Like after this, what's next? Like you're gonna have does, to answer so many questions about the like journey through college football.
2: Does he get immediate eligibility?
0: Yes, he's a grad transfer, too. <laughs> so do,
2: I didn't like when you do it a second time. So I don't know. Like, does that even still count as a grad transfer? Do you just get one of those? The NCAA will probably be like, oh, you used to play quarterback. You're a big deal. Yes, you. Wasn't
0: get it. he just given a waiver last time?
2: I don't I think, so. I think so. I think because so because they
0: always the NCAA does special treatment for like guys that are big exactly. names. Um, but won't let other people... I do think that he eligible. should
2: He should go the smaller school route. Yeah. He might, I mean, he might have to, but if you want to play quarterback, you want your last year on the field. One of those guys where going home might be a bad idea. Yeah,
1: definitely. You know, like, he might need to go somewhere like yeah. South Dakota I, I watched State. some
2: of his, like, QB1 stuff or whatever it was. I mean, he's He's not a great person. I think he was a little arrogant. Maybe he's had some humble pie over his transfers, but going back home to where you were such a big deal might be a terrible idea for him. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking. That's how I feel when I go back D- home. <laughs> same. D- Good thing
0: you don't live in the same place you grew up. That'd be, right? that'd be, terrible, be terrible, wouldn't it? Oh my gosh. Um, speaking of terrible, um, something that's not so fun to talk about but like needs to be talked about, um, Chad Wheeler of the Seahawks, well, no longer with the Seahawks, um, was acu- well, arrested for... <laughs> Uh, domestic violence, and essentially what we know of it is that he basically tried to kill his girlfriend. Um,
1: yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to be politically correct. He tried yeah, to kill his girlfriend. Yeah, he
0: tried to kill his girlfriend. Yeah. It's tough because a lot of people were tweeting about how a lot of different uh, media companies were not discussing this, and I've seen a lot of discussion about it now. But this is such a, a problem. Like the fact that the NFL—it's been a day, right? It happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the NFL has not said this doesn't belong in the league. This is this is, he can't come back, he can never play for any team, bye. It just blows my mind. Like, I, I can't believe that we're still at that point. Like you said, don't be politically correct. Like, I can't believe we're still at that point of being politically correct about domestic violence. Like, that is an, or mm-hmm. attempted murder. Right, like, mm-hmm. that, it just, it's frustrating because I think, too, like, after saying like things that happened with like Colin Kaepernick and all that stuff and like how quickly people are pushed out of the league for other things and this should be a no-brainer high like this happened bye you're done and especially as a female like it's frustrating to watch how the NFL handles things when it comes to violence against women and how they view it and how they react to it um and they just seem to never even get it slightly right and I'm not saying they have to be perfect, but I just would wish that that and
2: they're just so slow on everything. So yeah, like, oh, they're oh, we'll let due process work itself out. Like he was arrested, he's out on bond. Like, what do you have to wait for? Yeah, and he even put out a statement on Twitter admitting it. Like I, he's guilty. Yeah, let's move on with getting this guy out of the league. And he said he's going to step away. From football, this is a guy who had an incident at USC as well though. So this isn't just like, right. oh man, that was out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, he's been a violent person. Well and he's yeah. a large person. I yeah. know that probably shouldn't make a difference and probably no, it probably wouldn't in a does. court wall. But yeah. When you're six foot seven, three hundred and twenty pounds and you're beating the shit out of your girlfriend, that's that's a tough look for the NFL. Yeah. yeah. I mean
1: It is, and you're right, Paige. It's hard to talk about, and it's like, it's hard to talk about and not be angry about it because Mm -hmm. it is, it's terrible, and like, I feel so badly for that woman that she had to go through this, and like, let's be honest, this is probably not the only thing she's had to go through. Like, if it got to this point where he's making you bow to him and then strangling you, dislocating your shoulder, punching you in the face, uh, saying, oh, you're still alive as he sips his slurp, you know, his uh, smoothie, like, I'm... I'm going to go ahead and assume that there was a lot of abuse that happened before this incident that triggered Mm -hmm. the awareness. So feel terrible for her. And like you said, you know, as a woman, as a human being, like no one should be treated like that. So yeah. Like, I mean, fuck Chad Wheeler. Like he should be, he should rot in jail and yeah, the NFL, who cares? He's, he shouldn't be like a free person. To where we have even have to be like, oh, he's banned from the NFL. Josh Gordon likes to smoke weed, which is legal in like 38 states, and can't play football. <laughs> exactly. This guy beat That's the hell I mean? out of his girlfriend. Like-, like, come on, Colin Kaepernick kneeled in front of some in front of a flag, kneeled in front of it, didn't disrespect it, didn't storm the Capitol, didn't stab anyone with it, but he couldn't play in the NFL because he knelt in front of a flag. But yeah. this guy beat the hell out of his girlfriend, right. and not just the guy. This guy, there are a lot of them in the NFL, mm-hmm. and I do think you know what people deserve a second chance. at at, you know they deserve to rehabilitate Mm -hmm. themselves they deserve a second chance like Melo said this is not a second chance there was a reason he went undrafted out of usc and for players like this you know it's like and like Melo's a chiefs fan and i live in that area here's what everybody's gonna say what about tyree kill what about frank clark well they have had second chances and have by all appearances rehabilitated themselves Mm -hmm. They've done what they're supposed to. They paid their debt to society and they have become better people about it. Doesn't excuse what they did. It's still a terrible, terrible thing. But you hope that they learned from it. They fixed whatever the issue was and and we've moved on.
0: Yeah. No, and I think also this, like Melissa said, like this happened to USC, like not this specifically, but like when there are issues like that, I do think, um, especially in college football, for some reason there's like We've talked about this a million times with, like, Joe Mixon and things like that, about, like, punishments that aren't necessarily punishments. And I think, like, getting those kids help and, like, actually helping them see the wrong and understand why it's wrong so that it doesn't happen again is the main part. Not just, like, saying, hey, you're benched for something mm-hmm. because of this. Um, well,
1: that's what happened to him. He yeah. Got, oh, you have to miss the holiday bowl. Yeah. Okay
0: exactly so like like,
1: that's my punishment yeah Mm. that's
0: the sad part is that like this is something that like could have been avoided not saying like totally but like there needs to be more effort on that end but i just think it was important for us to talk about especially because i don't want anyone to think that we would ignore that or or don't think that just because it's not the most fun thing to talk about that we're not willing to talk about those things because i think it's super super important but um we can get back to what we were doing here in mobile too
1: a yeah, little bit of a little bit of a senior bowl on top of that yeah as well um, also uh, real quick before we get into our winners and losers we do need to thank draft picks tap room for hosting us uh, Tuesday Wednesday night down here amazing as always and how about that
2: remodel? It's, I know it this looks is Paige's first year down here, but <laughs> it looks good. It looked really good in there. And
1: they have some exciting news on the way. Um, hopefully, we can... Yeah, you I don't know, think hopefully, that's our news to give. <laughs> it's not. Hopefully, things like open up in the spring, summer, we can actually come back down here and enjoy a real like, full-fledged hangout. That I mean, anybody great.
2: who's been down here has seen the wiffle ball field. Right. We've really never been able to participate in that thing. You know, that would be wonderful.
1: Wiffle season would be great. Uh, it's also crawfish season. So that would be big. So thank you to draft picks tap room. Uh, and then also thank you to Boulevard Brewing Company. Uh, you guys know, like we love them, uh, me especially. And when I told them like, Hey, we're doing this meetup in mobile, we'd love for you guys to be involved in it. That's kind of part of our partnership. And, uh, they were like, well, that bar doesn't have Boulevard. We'll send some. So they just sent kegs of Boulevard wheat and plugged them in for us. And, a ton of like free stuff that we gave away so uh, huge thanks to them
0: yeah no much appreciated i loved it um it's my first time here obviously it was very different than it normally is um just based on the the situation in terms of COVID. but um, excited to get back next year and do that again and have big crowds and hopefully be able to talk and connect to some some more people but uh yeah senior bowl winners and losers guys um matt you want to go first and give us all your winners
1: yeah, I just got signed out of my tab. Thanks for that, Google. But, <laughs> uh, is this like the Facebook thing where everybody got logged out Dou- at the same time? And it's like oh conspiracy my God. Thing. I have
0: still not logged back into my Facebook. Does this, this mean I feel I'm like now vaccinated
1: good... from COVID? <laughs> like if I got signed out, so, I got I signed know. back in? Is that what that means? You're off the list. The yeah, that's century. what it is. Yeah. Or am I now part of QAnon? I don't know. Like there's so many. <laughs> is my stock price going up today? Uh, these guys, their stock price did go up. Like they GameStop. Uh, Kadarius Tony. I've had a, a draft crush on this dude all year long. That did Florida, a Florida fan this year? Yep. yep, Florida fan this year. Huge that Florida did fan. not change, seeing him in person for the first time. He is, and Melo, I know you felt this way too, he's so much bigger in person than you expect him to be. You know, weighing in at 190 was great for him. Being six Being foot tall. true 5'11. 5'11". yeah, it was yeah. huge for him. And he looked as good here as he did on tape. So you worry a little bit. of like, ah, is it the scheme? Is it the quarterback? Nope, it's him. He's really good. Uh, so he's a big winner of mine. I guess I'll just do all three. Is that what you want to do? Yeah, you can uh, do. Dwayne Eskridge, small school player, having an opportunity to come play against your bigger, better schools. A lot he, of hype on him coming into the week. Justified it. Yep. He absolutely justified it. And I know there's like, people like to get carried away down here. And they're like, man, D'Eskridge a first-rounder. No, I don't think he is. But I do think he helped himself a lot. And, you know, he might be more in the conversation with Elijah Moore and Rondale Moore. You know, he might have pushed himself into a top – 50 to 60 conversation. Um, I can tell you uh, really quickly if this tab will stay signed in where I have him on my board. Yeah, I have him right there in like 60, you know, with, Mm -hmm. with Deami Brown and players like that. So he had a good week and that's what you want to see. It's just a guy who lives up to the hype a little bit. We've seen people down here mellow before get hyped up and then you're like, what you forget about them, right? It's like that in guy?
2: two weeks you'll forget about them. By the time February yeah. comes around,
1: those two receivers uh, we will not forget about. They're both extremely talented, uh, and I think something they have in common while they're both shorter players, they're both thick and they're both strong and they're so explosive and everything they do. Uh, my final player, uh, Jabril Cox, who was a linebacker at North Dakota State in 2019, transferred to LSU. And I think because of how bad LSU was this year, he kind of got forgotten about a little bit. It's like, oh, they go five and five. You know, there's the drop-off from last year when they were so amazing. But he was still really good this year. And this week, it was just a reminder of like, oh, I'm still that dude. He is so good in coverage. So good in coverage. And to do that at, I want to say he came in at like a legit 235. You know, to be able to do that at his size is really impressive. So I am I was a fan of his uh I'm a bigger fan now. So six two and 7'8 is two thirty three. Like that's a that's a big boy. That's a grown man playing linebacker.
2: Oh yeah. He's and, full grown. And yep. being able to be that size and cover mm-hmm. as well is gonna be huge for him and raise his stock. My winners uh is an obvious one. The center from was it Wisconsin yes. Whitewater. Yes, there it is. Woo Quinn Minerts. If you saw the memes going around Twitter and any Senior Bowl footage, this man had his jersey tucked into his shoulder pads and was letting that belly just float. And that's a great look. Like, I get it. It's cool to talk about. He also did a hell of a job on the field, though. I I think it took like two reps. First day of practice, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, look at this center with his belly hanging out. Oh, my God, he just killed a man. Let's watch some more of him. And it. There he was a play where a
1: someone the D lineman jumped actually jumped offside. Yes,
2: and he still stonewalled him, like because he was so quick. And and it was even, like that dude
1: was offside. How'd you, know, you
2: do that? One of the things that they were even talking about at practice was like, hey, if a guy jumps offside, like we're not going to blow the whistle. We don't want to stop to play. Let's let these kids play. We don't have a lot of time to waste. So this kid jumps offside at nose tackle, gets a little bit of a head start, and Minert is still just able to put him in the dirt. Uh, He's looked so good in one on ones. I literally I don't think I've seen him lose a battle. Now there's a lot going on here in Mobile. So please don't like clip out a tweet and say like, look, he lost here. He's won the majority of his one on ones. He's looked very good in team drills. And he's playing alongside a very good offensive line unit. And he's standing out. So he's a guy for me that uh, I think he's getting a lot of love and made himself a lot of money really just being a small school guy and confirming that you can play with the big boys. You can do these big school conferences, and you can win against them. I think that he's a guy who's definitely been a winner here. Uh, I I also have Mac Jones on my list. And, Matt, we put our stuff in the rundown here, so I know that you're going to talk about quarterbacks too. Mac Jones is the only one that's looked good. Uh huh. And even when you look at him, I mean, we were making fun of this kid. I'll just put it out there. He has tiny <laughs> little legs, tiny little arms. He looks like he weighed about 140, 150 pounds in high school, got to Alabama, and Nick Saban was just like, man, eat everything you can. Yeah. And he did. And all that weight was gained right in his upper body. body. He, he's a weird body type. He doesn't throw the ball hard. He's not mobile. But he always gets the ball where it needs to be. The timing, the anticipation, the accuracy. He does a lot of things really well, and he looked better than every other quarterback that was here. And I wasn't like a big believer of him coming into the week, but he definitely separated himself from the group that's here in Mobile. And the last guy that I have is Michael Carter, the running back from North Carolina. Being a running back, and being able to improve your stock at the Senior Bowl is not something that I've seen happen since David Johnson was here. And he came in as like a nobody and proved that he could catch the ball. But with Michael Carter, I've never seen a running back come into Mobile and break runs on team one versus team two. Or you know, He's just been able to do it all week, find those cutback lanes. He looks really good. Matt, I think you have him as like running back three or four, four right? Four, yeah. I, I mean, I think that he's confirmed that this week. I mean, he looks so much better than a lot of these guys and there's some good running backs. We saw yeah. Najee for a little bit but Michael Carter really stood out to me.
0: Yeah. No, I was super, especially because you, we had this conversation I think before we came down here I asked you guys like what position like is benefits the most usually from the senior bowl and what doesn't you were like running backs and I actually, um, first up on my winners is, is Khalil Herbert who is the uh, running back from Virginia Tech and um, I was super impressed with him not only just in terms of route running, but just like or in terms of running, but like he could catch the ball too, yeah. and he's quick, like real quick. And I was surprised just at, at that, and I hadn't seen him play very much uh, this year. Obviously, he was very successful for them, but um, he was my my first guy up there. But again, uh, definitely somebody who who I like. Caught my attention pretty early on in the week. He's
2: another running back that's so small, but also plays bigger than he is. Just I was like just trying Michael to look Carter. his size up. Yeah, five nine. nine. He's small. Yeah, yeah. But even in He's like small. pass protection drills, he was putting like I'll call him out. He put tough Borlin on his ass. Yes, he did. He, and if Big you put time. a guy yeah. whose name is Tough Borlin on their ass, you get like some extra credit points for that in my book. Which, by the way, real quick. The fact that
1: Michael Carter is five seven two hundred two blows my mind. I would have if you had asked me how much does he weigh, I would have been like two twenty five. He has the thickest ass and legs. Vinnie <laughs> running back here, and I know it's like oh he's shorty squatty, but like mm-hmm. man, like that weight distribution is interesting and in, in a good way. He's so lower body powerful. Sorry, Paige, to go off on a tangent here, but nope. when I saw what he weighed in at, I was like no,
2: that yeah, can't. Be he great. seems a, both running backs seem yeah. a lot bigger than they are.
0: Yeah. Um this is gonna come as a huge shock to a lot of people. As most people know, I went to the University of Arizona. But a guy that impressed me this week was Frank Darby from Arizona State, wide receiver. Um he looked great. Not only was I just happy that he looked good, I he was like excited to be out there. He was having fun because I think too, he only got to play in two games this year, and I think it was huge for him to be able to come out here and, and show what he can do. But he, he looked amazing. Um and and also just looked like he was having a good time. And we love to see that. So the fact that he's an Arizona State Sun Devil won't hold it against him because I actually really think he did great um, out here and definitely made himself some, some money. Um, and then last, man, I went with Pac-12. I didn't realize that I did that. Whoops. Demetric <laughs> oh, Felton from UCLA. He's fast. <laughs>
1: he yeah, is quick. Uh-huh. And the thing is, uh, and I steal your comments here, Paige, but they had him playing receiver this week even though he was... I mean, he was an offensive
2: weapon at UCLA, yeah. but man, he looked good catching the ball. Yeah. I think he's going to be a really exciting target for somebody in the NFL because of that, because they did have him working out, not exclusively at receiver this week, but a lot, like the majority at receiver. And he is a little bit undersized too, but we're seeing these teams take guys like Lavisca, Shaynault, and use them in interesting ways. You see what the Chiefs are able to do with guys like Nicole Hardman. I think that could be what Felton's role is, I, and I think more teams are looking for that guy. It, we used to like knock players for being like, "Oh, he's a gadgety guy." We'll see what happens with him. Yeah, now teams are utilizing that. Well, yeah. Antonio Gibson, you know, last year yeah. came out of Memphis, a player who
1: he Felton is not that big, but it's you know, it's similar. You'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I'm okay." Yeah, I kind of can see how you would be used, which is huge in scouting because we've said before, you know, Russell Wilson paves the way for Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, you know, the shorter mm. quarterbacks, Tua. And so with a guy like while well, Felton is not as big as Gibson, you can say like, okay, I know how we would use you, or Miko Hardman, or mm-hmm. insert or the know, Patriot Cat league. Yeah,
2: look at what the Chiefs do. Like they'll line up Tyree Kill in the backfield. So when you put you know Felton out there. Defensive coordinators don't know if he's lining up at running back. They don't know if he's lining up a receiver. Mm-hmm. They don't know if – I mean, if he comes in jet motion, you have to worry about him getting the ball and being a damn good ball carrier. Mm-hmm. That's going to be exciting for him and his draft and whichever team picks him up.
0: Yeah. No, but super happy for those uh, Pac-12 guys getting to show. And it, what's funny is because like before, I didn't really pay attention to them that much, and I think that's maybe just a natural thing in the the draft community when you don't see them play that much college football. Um, but glad to see them doing that. So losers, guys. I I'll, we'll go backwards. Um, so I I was telling Mel this earlier. I'm like I feel bad saying losers. It's just I these right. are people that I don't think benefited from being here. Yeah. And I'm gonna combine my two of my answers. I said Ian Book and Jamie Newman because I just didn't see anything from them that made me go wow okay never mind what they, the what we don't know about them changed or whatever but mm-hmm. i with Ian book like i was telling you guys like i i honestly saw him standing next to sam ellinger and i was like wow i did not realize how small he was like i said I, the same thing I th- I, because you don't see those guys stand next to each other normally you know what i mean um well, and you can about
2: with ellinger like he's been at texas for four years and it's like oh my god look at how big he is as a position yeah he weighed in at 220 pounds Oof. like 222 that's it's not big for a quarterback. I, as Melo knows, I heard he cut 13 pounds
1: of, like, unnecessary weight. Texas right. was bulking that boy up.
2: Oh, yeah. They did, like, the Jets-Tebow method with right. him. Like, you're actually what Alabama football. probably should have done to Mac Jones. <laughs> like, can you please yeah. lift? But so even for Ian Book to look small next to Sam Ellinger, like, Sam Ellinger i have never seen him this small. <laughs> I, he came into Texas, and he was weighing 230 pounds. So for Ian Book to look small— Next to Sam Ellinger, that might not come as like a shock for some people, but if you're not here in Mobile, Sam's Sam's cutting some weight. Yeah, sorry, Paige, we stole your.
1: No, you took over there.
0: Totally fine, totally fine. Uh, my last person was Trey Brown out of Oklahoma. He
2: Who you just stole looked, from me? No, I really I, wanted to. We put were him. talking about it all week
0: because I was like, <laughs> man, he just he just got beat every single time, and he just seemed he sort of seemed like maybe something was wrong, and he seemed a little like out of shape or something, but he did not look good or impress at, at all for me but um, yeah those are my losers like I said I feel bad saying losers
1: with Trey Brown I, I know people are be like oh you're a Texas fan I, I don't care about that he did pick uh, Ellen Girl 101's and mm-hmm. I know a lot of OU players were sharing it on Twitter like that's fun that's what the rivalry is about I don't think Trey Brown is
2: particularly good at corner but he's so fast that that's going to cover fair. up a lot yeah that's fair and with that speed it almost makes him a project like oh right. man he's he, he can't 4-3. cover but you can run so maybe i can help yeah, you with feet. Well, yeah
1: yeah can i teach feet um so my again i don't like saying loser either but you can't say winners and people who didn't quite live up to expectations right like, <laughs> like oh, we were close um i'm gonna go with trey smith the massive offensive guard from tennessee everyone knows this story if you don't hear it is very quickly former five star started left tackle as a true freshman got blood clots had to miss a year came back uh, played very well last year um and then the spotlight was on him a little bit more this year and i i I just, when I watch Trey Smith, I'm not like, ooh, he dominates. And you kind of expect him to at his size. Mm-hmm. I, and he was really exposed by pass rushers. And he's going to be a guard in the NFL. So, like, yeah, you don't worry about that so much. But, you know, there was a clip I saw um, um, Matt Mosher uh, share on Twitter. And I, I thought it was a really good clip. And Trey Smith is just lunging at everyone. It's like he doesn't right. carry his feet with himself at all in pass pro, and it's like, yeah, this is a really, really good point. You know, if like this guy is lunging. He's The
2: technique is not there. So uh, Trey Smith – Well, go ahead. with a lot of these guards, like you talk about the people being like big maulers. Like, they just swallow these defenders up, and people can do that. Like Quentin Nelson does it better than anyone. Quentin Nelson can move to get to you. Yeah. He's not just letting – he's not absorbing people. You know, he doesn't have gravity just bringing in defenders. He gets to them. With Trey Smith, I saw a lot of the same things where if he can get his hands on you and he can just drop his anchor in his ass and sit there, it's pretty good. But you also got to run back. And sometimes these defenders don't run right at you in the NFL. So I I wasn't as, as impressed with him as I thought I would be either.
1: Especially when other interior linemen were standing out so well, like your guy. Yep. You know, uh, Ben Cleveland, Deontay Brown, a lot of players who really uh, stood out. Um, quarterback's not named Mac Jones. Um, I, Sam Ellinger, I really, really like him uh, as a person. Thought he did a ton for the University of Texas. I, I think this week showed that while he has improved, there still might be some, you know, there's still some holes in his game. And they show up a lot of times, you know, when it's seven on seven, when it's team. So I think what we saw this week was what we expected, that the gap at quarterback after Mac Jones, to Kyle Trask, and then to whomever you think is next, whether that's Jamie Newman or whatever, it is a gigantic gap. It's like Grand Canyon gap, and that is bad news for teams. I've said this before. Supply and demand at quarterback this year is insane because so many teams need it, and there aren't many out there. So uh, I guess stock flat for those guys, but no one helped themselves in a week that is so dominated by quarterbacks. And then my last one, the big wide receivers here. We're just outshined by smaller guys. You know, my I speed. I really didn't you know look at the you know some of the bigger receivers. Uh, you know, like Carlton Palace kind of a project, and he's you know he's a good player. Um, mm-hmm. Nico College, Collins, Nico Collins, like had a couple good plays, but I was never like, oh man, look like look at him go. I think the one who um, disappointed me the most. I'm trying to get through Sage my notes real quick. Sage Surratt was not very good. Travon Grimes, that's the what other I was one. Say, oh. Travon Lord Grimes I'm- just looked. And like they were doing, uh, you know, kind of like agility drills and and route drills. And I I even leaned over to Paige and I was like, like, when you see somebody who has like hips and balance and Mm -hmm. agility, and then you watch somebody who doesn't, it's just like, oh man. And like these guys are, they're so, so stiff. It's crazy
2: to hear a Florida fan talk a little shit. I I could be unbiased. (laughs) You know, that's how this works. My three losers this week are actually guys that I came in kind of high on Spencer Brown, the tackle out of Northern Iowa. A massive, massive six foot eight right tackle struggled with some pass rush. And, and you know, we used to look at guys like this and like, oh my God, he's so tall and his arms are so long, and this is great. But people are able to get under those pads and create leverage against him and move him off his point. I didn't think he had a great week. Shaka Tony is another one for me, uh, the pass rusher. I mean, they even listed him edge, like he's a guy who could be a stand up. In a 3-4, he could put his hand in the dirt in a 4-3. But he wasn't able to win very many pass rush reps. So, I, I think that's a stock down kind of thing for me. Don't want to call him a loser. but And another one, last one for me, Thomas Graham Jr. I thought he looked really good at times. But also, like, go look at the receiver highlights. The guys that are making the big catches and having the great routes, a lot of them are coming against Thomas Graham of Oregon. Not a great look.
1: No, it was a rough week for a guy who's just not, like he didn't look very twitchy to me. Not like know. I thought he would. Yeah. And he's small, you yep. know, or short anyway, five ten and a half. and a half. So those are our stock up, stock down or stock flat for page to be nice. <laughs> uh, players in the senior bowl. We actually have a special treat though. And we probably uh, should have teased this at the top of the show, but we didn't, but we have Buffalo bills, uh, college scout, AJ Highsmith. He's going to be joining us uh, for a little uh, talk about how he got into scouting, what that life is like, uh, You know he's going to have, like, great tips on places to eat all throughout the southeast, uh, the area that he scouts. So we're going to grill him about all that and what it's like to be a scout for the runner-up in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. So we'll have AJ on with us uh, right after this. All right, we are excited to be joined by – when we started this podcast, it was like, oh, we're going to talk about, like, everything. And now as we get closer to the NFL draft, it's like, okay, we'll actually pivot a little bit back to what we uh, do. But we're joined by A.J. Highsmith. Uh, A.J., I don't want to butcher your title. You are a college football scout for the Buffalo Bills. College basically.
3: scout. Yep, I do the. Uh, I cover the southwest region for, uh, for the Buffalo Bills.
1: So that means Texas, Arizona?
3: No, I go Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas. And then we'll throw in sometimes Memphis, sometimes New Mexico, depending I think uh, there's the decent
1: football played in that region.
3: The best football. The best football <laughs> is in that region. It's pretty good. Uh, so you've been with the Bills for? This is my second season. And then before that, you were? With the 49ers for five years. We nice.
1: have some stuff to talk about then. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we can, uh, You and I, all fair. we got some stuff we need to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think one thing, I know Melo and I get asked this a lot, is people want to know how do you become an NFL scout? And that I know there's not just one answer. Mm-hmm. but from your experience, what is the best way to get into this job?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's lots of different ways. Um, we've had guys do internships. Obviously networking, meeting people is the most important part. The unfortunate part is there's not there's not a degree or there's not something you can do to say, I studied XYZ in school and I'm ready to be a scout. Um, and so I think that you know meeting people is a lot to do with it. I was fortunate enough I have a dad who's in the business and I met a lot of people through him. I played in college in that way. I was able to have access to a lot of scouts, and so people would always ask me, hey, what are you gonna do when you get done playing football? And for me, it was always either coaching or scouting, and when it came down to that time, I thought I would enjoy scouting more than the coaching life, and so that was kind of the direction I went. Um, I think that, you know, the internships always help, and just meeting people as much as you can is always the biggest, kind of your biggest resource.
2: It, for like, What's your not your day to day because you, you probably don't really have a day to day, but like when you're out on the road, what's it look like for you? Are you driving to all these different places? Are you going to practices? Are you meeting with players?
3: Yeah, so it's different this year. COVID obviously messed everything right. up, um, and so in the past, I'll just give you a traditional day before the pandemic right. hit. Uh, during football season is when we we travel the most, and when there's college football going on, that's when scouts are working. And, you know, we break down our schedule just to give you an example. I will say Monday through Saturday and I'm going to go visit University of Houston on Monday, University of Texas on Tuesday, Texas A&M on Wednesday. Thursday, I'll come back to Houston, come back home, maybe stop at us if I want to go see Prairie View A&M or someone at, you know, a smaller school that way. And I'll take a Friday off and then a Saturday I'll go to a game and that may be you know, it can be somewhere in Louisiana, it may just be in Dallas, and I'll go see Oklahoma and TCU play. Uh, that's kind of a typical week, and they vary just week to week, depending on sometimes I'm gone for a week, sometimes it's just two days here and there.
0: What's been the biggest difference this year because of COVID and scouting, guys?
3: We can't see anybody. <laughs> like, it just, I mean, there's Zoom calls, which, I I mean, it's a, we make the best out of it, but it's definitely yeah. a lot different. It's terrible. Yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. awful, yeah, I can't, it's not the same. Um, and so as opposed, you know, when you go into a school, you get to meet everybody kind of, you meet everyone that's involved with the football program. Mm-hmm. And so you meet, you get to sit down with coaches, you sit down with the trainer. We don't get to meet the kids, but you can see them practice. You can see them walk around. You like, especially when you talk about, like, I know I hear you guys talk about quarterbacks all the time. And that's something that's so important is, you know, how they interact and just their mannerisms, their body language. Well, yeah. on zoom, I have no idea what the quarterbacks are doing and so you know you have to you have to really reach out to a lot of people and it's taken away a lot of that human aspect where you can observe and see a lot of things but you know we make it work i think we're still getting it obviously having the senior bowl here is a huge help because even though it was you know my area i've been watching guys all year this was the first time i got to see a lot of them you know up close Mm -hmm.
1: and that is a huge part of it like you know that i've always said especially with quarterbacks um, I'll tell the story about the year that like we came down here and your guys quarterback Josh Allen was here Baker Mayfield was here and everyone knows how strong Josh's arm is you, you see it on tape say like, okay and scouts would go through there and be like this kid at Wyoming has the strongest arm I've ever seen and I think it actually helped Baker Mayfield that throwing next to him down here you're like wait. Like that kid's got some Not juice on the ball off, too, right? right. Like it's, mm-hmm. it wasn't that different. So especially for quarterbacks, um, you guys have one, so you, we can we can theorize a little bit about how you scout this position. I think
3: is that that in person viewing of
1: their mechanics, the velocity. How important is that to what you do?
3: Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, the guy, I remember. Uh, at the time when he was coming out with Deshaun Watson. And I like to think of him because I wasn't doing college scouting at the time. I was in San Fran, and I was on the pro side. So I would just, you know, I'd kind of ask guys, hey, who'd you like on the road or who'd you go see? And he was one where I think Deshaun had some issues physically. Like, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He doesn't have, you know, the huge arm. Um, but everyone that saw him play said, man, when you see him, like, you just know, like, he's got it. And I think that's something that, you know, you only really understand it when you see it. And I've been, you know, fortunate enough to see him as a pro. We practiced against him one year, so I saw him on the practice field, and even more so than the game. Like in practice, when he, when all the guys are rolling out, and you see the offensive line, and you see, you know, DeAndre Hopkins come by. But then when he came out, you were like, oh yeah, I see it. That's really the dude. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of that's just I think that just kind of sticks with you, you know, when you see guys like that.
2: Like the most important position in football is the quarterback. Who's like the the top guy you've ever
3: scouted? Josh. Like <laughs> but <good answer>. <laughs> <laughs> at He's the like time, you weren't to. even,
2: like, with the Bills, though, right?
3: No. So um, I like to watch guys. I feel like even when I was doing pro scouting, um, I did primarily all – you know, pro work and I did pro free agency and studied other NFL teams. And when I would get free time, I always liked college. I always loved college football and that's kind of what I was introduced to and that's what I loved the draft. And when I was a kid, I followed the draft and that's just kind of something, it's like a hobby of mine, honestly. So that's why, you know, I'm in a fortunate situation to do that as my job. Um, and so Josh came out in that quarterback group and I loved him. Like I thought he was, you know, because I played quarterback. I was an undersized guy with a rag arm. So, of course, <laughs> if I pick a guy I'm going to pick, I want the dude that's the opposite. Yep. And, you know, he had some issues and there were things he wasn't perfect. But, you know, I, I, t- I tell guys, like, I'll be honest, like he's even way better than I thought. I gave him a huge grade. But the first Don't couple of years I was it. like, oh, man, like, I was like, you know, I was like, I got to go back to the drawing board. But I think that. You know, he was you know, my favorite prospect, and that's why that's one of the reasons why I think I have so much pride in working where I do now, and it's been so awesome just to be there and see him in person.
0: So, like Matt, I'm also a 49ers fan, but obviously, we didn't make the playoffs this year. So, I actually hopped on the Bills Mafia bandwagon. There was even something going where I may or may not have had to jump through a table if y'all won the Super Bowl. So um Ooh. glad that, that didn't happen, sort of. But um <laughs> in terms of like Bill's mafia, like I I mean, obviously I grew up more of a college football fan than an NFL fan. But I'm curious what's like the craziest video you've ever seen of Bill's mafia? I
3: I think it was so the guys I work with we have group chats and we send them all the time <laughs> yeah. and so I mean this past weekend when we played against Kansas City there were some crazy ones going around I think uh this past week a guy jumped through a table that was on fire and the I mean the fire was on like when he when he hit the ground the fire was on him he like had to yeah. stop drop, and roll like it was real um those are but I mean there's there's so many videos in people's yards and like I just it it's, like you said, it is a college. It's like a college yeah. following, um, and they're passionate about it. They're definitely the best fans in the world. It's crazy. Does ketchup and mustard
1: put out a fire? Is that what that, is that how that works? You squirt uh, those together to put the fire out? Is that I, what they're doing?
3: I'm <laughs> not a fire person. I wouldn't get that close. I don't know. I just, He's I leave like, leave no, it to yeah. try it right.
1: out. So, AJ, you're from Texas. You played at Miami. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you don't live in Buffalo. When you have to go
3: up there, is it just torture? Oh, man, it's cold. Yeah. Like, it's a, different, it's, a it's, it's a different type of cold. Like, I'm not... I'm not used to that. Um, it's definitely, like, the first couple days, you're like, oh, man, Buffalo, blue-collar town. They got dive bars. It's wings. It's great. And then by, like, probably day four, I'm like, all right, guys, like, it's getting a little cold. It's a little, <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to go back down south. Yeah, I don't blame you for that one.
2: Yeah, so, like, along the way, you're in Texas. Uh, you big barbecue guy, or do you have to say, like, no, I only eat wings because I live and work for Buffalo?
3: No, I love barbecue. Um, I do love, I mean, wings are actually my favorite food, even prior to going to Buffalo. So it's you actually, say that, it's, right, right? <laughs> it's pretty perfect. It works. So I found out, I didn't know that I went to, first time I went to Buffalo, I went to a bar. They took me to a place and we went to get wings. Like, you have to try the wings. So I'm like, all right, great. So I ordered the wings. I just tell you guys, order it. Just show me what I'm supposed to get and i ordered the wings and i was i said can i get ranch Uh
2: oh Oh. yeah i'm that way too i've even made a comment on the podcast yeah he's
3: like nope blue cheese you should have seen the lady looked at me like i had three heads i was like oh (laughs) Oh, i was like no i was like never mind i'll just eat my wings plain it's (laughs) It's like asking for ketchup at a steakhouse yeah exactly steak sauce
0: yeah, I mean, I even knew that, and I'm from California. I know you got to pick blue cheese, but uh, yeah, I just can't do it. Yeah, though. I
2: just can't eat it. I, really, it's it's a lot of people do it, right? Thank you. <laughs> it's glad to have somebody <laughs> on my side, right, You know, on the podcast.
0: I feel like I want to call you out for that on Twitter, just so that like I can be like associated <laughs> and be like Phil Maffucci. I actually like blue cheese. Um, I kind of so my scope of of coverage is is college football. I'm kind of curious your thoughts on where Miami's at right now, in the ACC as a whole.
3: The ACC is not very good. I'll start (laughs) there. Um, And I honestly think that was, you know, that was some of the reason why Clemson, when they ran into Ohio State like that, I think people kind of saw the gap. And I think that Mm -hmm. because the whole year they're playing against, you know, teams that weren't as good as maybe some of the schools in the SEC and even some of those schools in the Big Ten like Ohio State. Um, But as far as Miami, I think that. We're de- we were definitely in a much better place once we got D'Eric King. I think he helped us a ton. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely unfortunate what happened to him. And, you know, he had his injury. But I am glad that he's going back, assuming that he'll be able to be full go once yeah. the season comes. Um, I think that we're getting closer. Uh, obviously, I'm a tough critic and I'm very hard. And, you know, I want it to be perfect, but it's not there yet. But I think we're going in the right direction. And I'm somewhat detached because of my job. Um, I follow from afar. Yeah. And I kind of always judge it just based on how many prospects we have. Like, if, I think the day that I start seeing, like, when Matt has five and multiple dudes mocked in the first round, and I'll be like, all right, we're getting right. Right. We're coming back. When I see, like, one guy, I'm like, Matt, that's all we got? Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? on? You yeah, have two like, this year. Got two couple. in the first. Mm-hmm. So uh,
1: you still won't get UCLA. But, yeah. It's all right. It still counts. Right? Yeah. I mean, my school probably won't have any in the first round, so maybe a tackle. Yeah, I, was, I do want to ask you about that. Um, so, not from you, but I've always I've heard uh, over the last you know decade that there's kind of a perception that you know like you, Texas players are soft, mm-hmm. Alabama players are pros. They might be tapped out. Like if you mm-hmm. draft an Alabama player, you you don't always bet on a lot of improvement. Right? Is that something that you like that you hear or that you try to avoid?
3: When yeah, scouting? I, I think you definitely hear it. I think that the. I think there's somewhat of a misconception. I do think that at the end of the day, it's really just about the talent. And for whatever reason, if they're not putting it on the field, I don't don't know if it's. I don't think that they're necessarily soft, or they're not. You know, they don't love football because I think at the end of the day, when you evaluate them, there's a talent gap between you know the top you know the top tier guys and where those where those guys are at that school that particular year. Um, So it's never it has it's not like you know University of Texas has. 15 guys that should be going in the first round, but they're not because of some off the field reason. Um, I think that, I I think their expectations are always really, really high. And when they don't have the players to match that, I feel like there's all, there's kind of a disconnect. Yeah, that definitely makes
2: sense. Uh, One more question for you. Like when we do talk about scouting, you hear a lot, scout the player, not the helmet. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to get past those misconceptions of like, oh man, Florida DB. I don't know how it's going to pan out in the league. Like how do you get past that?
3: It's hard. You have to you have to look at dudes like Pat Mahomes (laughs) and say like you know there's there's always like I mean for a while people didn't like Alabama running backs right. I like how he points
1: at me when he says that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like like,
0: hey, man guess who it was. Yeah,
3: because I mean I think yeah there's definitely there are you know there are misconceptions and there are you know it's hard to get past things because you you always think that there's surefire locks on players that are going to be great players and then they don't work out for a number of reasons. Some aren't always even football related. Um, so I think you have to take that into consideration. You have to really understand why players don't work out. Sometimes it's the school, but sometimes it's, you know, reasons that have nothing to do with the school or even football.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you on, and if you can't answer this, I understand. You guys are not drafting a quarterback. We can all say that. You have a very good quarterback. Uh, you're not drafting one of the first round. Okay. So we could say that. Have you looked at this year's quarterback class? Because there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of controversy. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence has been billed as the best thing mm-hmm. ever. You said you know you gave Josh the biggest grade you've ever given a quarterback, um, but then how? Which guys have you seen after him, and how do you kind of see this class stacking? So I've
3: seen I've seen a game or two on on the top four or five guys. Like I've seen a little bit of Trevor Lawrence and a lot on. Obviously, I see I see him on TV all the time, and you see kind of highlights here and there, whether it's on Twitter or something on TV. I uh, watched. I threw on a game with Zach Wilson just to kind of see what it was, see what he looked like. Um, I watched Fields for a couple games, and I saw Trey Lance last year. Which now that he hasn't played, I guess that's enough because that's all he has. Right, so I'll, I'll just be watching <laughs> it again. <laughs> right. Um, so I've seen kind of those those handful of guys a little bit of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a fun class. That's yeah. It's for definitely sure. a good group. Uh, yeah.
3: It's always the hardest part is just deciding. You know, you got to just you got to be bold and take one. Like I think even when you look back, like even as good as Deshaun Watson was, like a lot of people passed him. You know, a lot of he went. I guess twelve overalls at twelve yeah. pick yeah. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's it's hard. To, it's easy to say when you're not when you're not picking or you're not the team that needs one, and you're at the back end of the draft, like, oh yeah, that guy's not any good, or oh, I would love to have that guy. But when you're actually in that spot, and it's like I have to pick this guy, and it could it could ruin us if we're wrong. Like I think that's it's definitely tough.
0: I sort of feel like this quarterback class could be that that class where we look back and mm-hmm. go look at what they did and they passed up on these guys, um, and they fell a little bit. I kind of feel that way about. This. And I feel
1: like we're doing that last year. Like Justin Herbert got overthought. You know, and to an extent, uh, I don't want to speak for AJ, but for me it was like he was not asked to do some of the things at Oregon that they let him do with the Chargers. And mm-hmm. so it was like, oh, shit, he can do that. Right. okay? Like, he can make that throw yeah. or he can move. And it's it so hard to evaluate that. That's
3: a huge thing. And uh, I think in all scouting, um, and even in across multiple sports, I think that there's so much time now that you talk about the guy so long, you naturally you just start nitpicking and picking holes and making up mm. things to scrutinize. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like – if people don't know the answer, then they just immediately say something negative. Like if you don't, like if you don't know if Justin Herbert, you know, could take snaps under center, the weakness is going to be he plays in the shotgun. Well, it's like, well, I mean, he could learn tomorrow. Like it's not like it's something yeah. really. He's a really athletic person, so he could figure it out. Um, but I think that the amount of time and when you just you obviously people always want to critique and you just start you know taking away from guys.
1: Yeah. Instead of uh, the way I was taught was scouting is what can a player do. Right. And it's because, like, I think Twitter has ruined that where it's so much what can't a guy do. Mm -hmm. You know, let's Mm -hmm. point out everybody's flaws instead of – when I was scouting before Twitter, it was what can you do. Right. And then build off that because, like, that's what you want, right? That's what this guy can do. so. We can have a longer conversation about when you were in San Francisco off-air. Oh, yeah. You know, because I just have some complaints I'd like to file, uh, you know, about some You just need to air some
2: stuff out. It's not even questions.
1: Yeah, I just need somebody to listen and hold me, maybe. (laughs) You know? know, Yeah, okay. I I was there. I understand. You know, I get it. I get it. But thank you for coming on, uh, giving us some time. And uh, as soon as, you know, we can all get back to college football games – uh, you have to come tailgate with us. Yeah, that's
3: we got to get, get back to fans and tailgating. It's empty state. The scrimmage field is getting old. It is. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> definitely not fun. So thank you again. And uh, that that's actually our show. So we'll just wrap it up here. We'll be back Monday morning with a mock draft page hosting it. Mellow and I making the picks. So everyone, I know everyone will be so happy with all the picks. Oh, you're gonna, you're, mean, you're, no going to You're going to piss, piss off the whole world. Man.
2: Everybody. Yeah. Right? Well, guaranteed to piss off Jet fans. Yeah.
1: Jaguar fans will be happy. I think after that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right? Maybe. Depending has the crazy. first pick. Right? Zach Wilson. Some people just like to
2: watch the world burn.
1: Yeah, you are one that of those people. might be me. AJ, you can slide in and make the Bills pick. Let us, you know. I got you. It'll no, be, it'll be actually, straight yeah. for me. Right. Right. All right. That is our show. We'll be back Monday. You guys have a great weekend.